0: Hello!
1: Hey guys, it's Arden Cho. Hey, I'm Holland Roden. Hello, this is Ian Bowen.
0: Hey, you guys, this is Melissa Poncio. Hi, I'm Lyndon Ashby. Hi, I'm Dylan Spraybury. This is Megan Tandy. This is Tyler Posey. And you are listening to Not Another. Not Another. Not Another. This is Not Another Teen Wolf Podcast. Yes, it is! Oh. Woo! Hey, this is Jeff Davis. You're listening to Not Another Teen Wolf Podcast, my favorite podcast in the world.
1: Fight to the end, we back never going to never gonna be alone. Welcome to our final Teen Wolf episode recap for season 5, episode 125 for us, recapping Teen Wolf season 5, episode 20, Apotheosis. So we're at the end of the road here, Um, you know, not sure where we're going after this, not sure where the show's going to take us, and yeah, just now is the end of an era, as well, we'll discuss Throughout this episode, basically, because um, yeah, we really don't know exactly, you know, what's going to happen in season six. But the way that this episode closed off definitely felt very full circle for the show, in my mm. opinion. So we'll have to see how, you know, how Teen Wolf pans out after this, I suppose. Um, but for now, here we are, and we're going to talk about apotheosis. So. I'm one of your hosts, Natalie. Our other lead host is Karen. She's the lead writer for Teen Wolf on our parent website of Hyperball. And if you want to get in touch with us, you can reach us on our Twitter, which is NATW Podcast, our email address, which is NATW Podcast at gmail.com, our Tumblr, which is Not Another Teen Wolf Podcast, or our Instagram, which is NATW Podcast. If you go back and look at Instagram after you watch the episode, um, after you've watched the finale episode, you can guess which fantastic moment of this episode I reacted to with the face that I posted on Instagram. (laughs) Going right into the episode, um, uh, you know, quite a few big dramatic things happened, but my favourite quote, or at least one of them, was from Deucalion, who had such a confusing but great arc eventually in this episode. Uh, but, uh, basically after Theo, you know, pulls another dick move as he is wont to do. And, uh, I think like paralyzes or takes down Deucalion, he says, you know, very choked while falling to the floor, you know, Theo, someday your willingness to stab anyone and everyone in the back might turn out to be your downfall. <laughs> and I just found his delivery of that line hilarious and perfect, and he's so sarcastic and so done with Theo, even when Theo's getting one up on him. So I enjoyed that a lot.
0: Yeah. Kelly in this episode was a shining star that I did not expect to love, but boy am I here now. Deucalion in this episode was so amazing, and I wasn't expecting him to be the shining star that he was, but I am so here for him now. He was perfect.
1: Oh, I remembered what the other funny quote was. It was Styles saying, You know, I don't think we utilize torture nearly enough when they're trying to work out. <laughs> I knew them. you
0: would like that. <laughs> yeah. Dark styles
1: always. Anyway, how about you? Uh,
0: my favorite one came from Styles, actually. And this was <laughs> it was kind of when the whole desert wolf thing was over. And he goes, Can someone take this gigantic shard of, out of my chest, please? And, first of all, like, I was so glad that it wasn't deadly or wasn't as bad as it looked to be, that he was kind of fine. But also, he's saying this to two people who literally were just shot in the gut. And I'm like, mm, I think their problems are a little bit bigger than yours right now. Everybody but got funny.
1: shot in this episode.
0: So many people. like So many
1: yeah. yeah,
0: for no, like, like Deucalion, like, why did he get shot? I mean, like, ineffectually,
1: sure. yeah, yeah, ineffectually, but so many people got shot. Yeah. Yeah. So speaking of that desert wolf situation, we basically kind of get to the bottom of that, um, which is that um, Malia and the desert wolf are still ha- trapped in the house together and Brayden's kind of, training a gun on Desert Wolf, telling Malia to stay upstairs, sort of trying to protect her. And Malia eventually comes down and they eventually uh, fight, basically. As I said last week, the Hales have their claws in every pie because we we do get the story of, um, apparently, what went down with the Desert Wolf and Corin. her name is, and Talia. Um, basically, she kind of explains the power stealing situation apparently it is supernaturally true that in this show that like a coyote passes down some of her strength to her daughter and it's like a gift it's like so they lose a little bit of their power or however much and it goes into their the power of their new child and that's apparently meant to be a good thing um and apparently Talia. Hale spent nine months trying to convince the desert wolf of the miracle of childbirth. And like, it was like, this is so great that you're having a baby, you know, you know, you're going to be with my brother and you're going to have this child and you're going to love it. And yay. Um, and that did not work. And the whole time Corrine or the desert wolf felt like Malia was like a parasite and basically had no maternal instincts at all. And as soon as she, was born you know she was going to kill her I suppose so Talia took her away so that's basically what da- went down there. Um, was this sort of what you expected with the power stealing situation or did you know did you think that she was delusional or or is she just not reacting well to the natural way of things or, or what exactly did you take from the you know the explanation?
0: This is sort of what I was expecting. I mean, I didn't think that the desert wolf was, like, making it up when she said that yeah. Malia stole her power. But I didn't know exactly the mechanics of how that worked. So mm. finding that out was interesting, and I'm glad we did that. My big thing was I was surprised that there are, like, no maternal instincts between, like, for the desert wolf for toward Malia And when I interviewed Marisol Nichols, she was like, yeah, you know, I can't... She couldn't really say one way or another, but she's like, I have a hard time believing that anybody could have absolutely no maternal instincts toward their child. Well, it turns out that the Desert Wolf doesn't, apparently, because she just wanted her power back, didn't care about her one way or another. I think by the end of this episode, that was pretty clear. Some people...
1: Don't like, so, like some people who end up way less evil than the desert wolf, I suppose. Don't like, you know, like if we're talking about stuff like, even like post like post-part, uh, post-natal, like postpartum depression and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Some people genuinely, you know, just have their baby and then they're like, oh, okay, like it's not, and that kind of thing doesn't click, and whether they, you know. You know, decide to keep the baby or not. You know, I, I don't know, but uh, that does happen to people, I guess. Like, um, you know, I don't have any children, so I don't know, but um, it, it is a thing, and this is sort of that to an extreme scale. I'm just wondering why they didn't like get rid of the baby early on. Can I just say, like, having <laughs> you no, know, uh, you know, having this crazy woman be pregnant and like be like, oh my god, no, I'm gonna lose all my power. It's just, like, just have an abortion at, like, when you're, like, six weeks pregnant rather than having a baby and then trying to kill the baby when it's a full person. Like, maybe that would have been a solution, but apparently not. Anyway, so, yeah, so basically, yeah, Peter had this horrible girlfriend. She got pregnant. Talia was freaking out because she was like, oh, my God, this woman's going to have this baby and try and kill it. Got to try and make sure that doesn't happen never never worked so then talia took the baby away um i would have liked to hear a bit more about peter's part in this like about why the hell mm-hmm. that they were together and like how why they took it away from him as well like you know like why they made him forget about it and stuff like that so um i would have liked to know that i suppose
0: yeah same Well, this ended up being really satisfying, I think, because Styles does show up with Scott's plan A and their Belasco's talons, Rave Wolf's claws, and uh, Malia ends up taking the Desert Wolf's power from her, and this is great because it was a really close scene where the Desert Wolf has Malia shoved up against the wall and stabs her, and, and she's trying to do it, but... Malia kind of has the upper hand here once she gets those talons and just takes all of the Desert Wolf's power into her, and I think that's going to be really interesting, the effect that that could have on Malia moving forward, but also important is that the the Desert Wolf isn't dead. She's just knocked out. Brayden just hits Are her over sure? the head. Are you sure? Yeah, Brayden just hits her over the head, and she's she's out, so that's also going to be interesting.
1: Maybe she's gonna be the new Peter, like the powerless, snarky <laughs> adult who just has to hang around with them. Oh
0: god, they can hang around each other and be uh-huh. terrible
1: parents. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know, like that. You know, obviously, Belasco's Talon's actually working was part of the the main plan um, with Jukalian. Um, you know, and we'll we'll talk about that. You know, when when we get to him, but. Um, At the end of the day, they do work for the power stealing. It's just that Theo was lied to. So, yeah. Again, I think this is more a thing to talk about when we get to that reveal, but I'm curious to see how you feel about, like, shows where this happens, where, like, all all of the stuff falls into place because – the lead character or a lead character made a bunch of plans off screen that you don't know about, if you mm-hmm. know what I mean. Like that he was running around doing behind the TV shows back, if you know what I mean. Yeah. I'm curious to see how you like that, if you if you do like that kind of thing. If, I, I feel like, has Teen Wolf ever done that before? Like I feel like we've yes. had one or two moments. Gerard's um, Pills. Yes, Gerard's Pills, that's right um and I've, there was definitely a few callbacks to the first season in this finale um and Jared was obviously the second season but yeah just in that first two season era if you know what i mean that there was a lot of callbacks to that and in this whole season actually and yeah so this is another one of those scenarios but yeah we'll get there i suppose with the actual beast plotline, first of all, we learn that the pike is not here a sword, which was very, you know, would have been the most. Um, I, I was very confident I was wrong.
0: Um, that's I, fine. I was a little disappointed that it wasn't, to be perfectly honest. <laughs> I
1: mean, it just made sense, but what it ended up being also made sense in that it was Mm -hmm. apparently the Dread Doctor's cane. If I'd looked harder and realized that the Dread Doctor had had a cane, I probably would have also made that assumption, if you know what I mean, but I I had never seen this cane before in my life. I'm like, is this Gerard's cane (laughs) because he's, like, crippled? Like, why does he have a cane with a hammer on the top? I've never fully noticed this cane in detail before. I
0: had at least one if not a couple of shots of the cane in the past either like at a distance with the Dread Doctor just holding it and one where we definitely saw the top of it being like a hammerhead but it just it never occurred to me I just never really thought about it but I think you know for reasons we'll get to in a minute makes a lot of sense but it's also cool because it was kind of there in front of us the whole time.
1: Mm. Yeah and then came part of the episode when i where i like screamed at the tv which is where you know voldemort makes out with his bellatrix and then kills her i was just like you fucking i was i was just like what the anyway so yeah he kind of um you know theo's relatively injured tracy you know is is all let me help you. I can't, you know, I can't take your pain and, you know, all of that kind of stuff and, and trying to help him and then, you know, him being like, there, there and kissing her, which is clearly what she's always wanted. Like, you know, it's just very, you know, she becomes very eager and, you know, clearly she's so obsessed with him, which is just so wrong of her. Um, but she's so obsessed with him and he ends up being, you know, pulling her close and then being like, yep, gonna take your power, your Kanima power and um, and does that, basically stabs her with the claws and then tries to draw the power out of her. Now, with the Kanima power, does he ever use that in the episode? He uses the electric power. Does he use the Kanima power himself? He uses it on Scott. Oh, yeah, I wasn't sure if that was, like, the, the one that they collected, because we see Hayden, like, collect the Kanima stuff from...
0: No, those were his I wasn't sure if
1: so. that was pre-collected, you know. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, so how did you feel about Theo killing Tracy?
0: I, I don't know, I really liked this scene in general, actually, because it shows a little bit more why Tracy was so on board with everything. And it was weird because like in that moment I was like, yeah, I kind of like this, even though I don't really like either one of those characters. Like Mm -hmm. it's almost like they deserve each other. And I was into it for that reason. And then Theo betrays her, which I saw coming a million miles away, but I still felt bad for Tracy. And I was surprised that I felt bad for her, but in the end, I think that... it
1: It's, it's for kinda, the best. <laughs> yeah,
0: it kind of needed to happen. And, you know, like Deucalion says, and then there were none. And I think that's just... Going back to the quote that you said earlier, he, Theo basically digs his own grave in a lot of different ways, like multiple times over. And this is just one more nail in the coffin.
1: Yeah, and it's a mirror example of, you know, Scott getting strength from, you know, one by one, helping Um. his pack to come back together, whereas Theo is like, no, and getting rid of them one by one, so, yeah, well, I I did not see it coming, and I was like, why are they wasting time on Tracy and Theo making out? Why are they putting this on the television? I don't understand, and then he killed her, and I was like, oh, that's why, okay, (laughs) right. Um... So, yeah, that was
0: good. Well, enough of that because one oh. of the greatest scenes oh, of this entire episode, uh, all of Teen Wolf, probably, oh. was Sebastian um, going, finding the last remaining Dread Doctor. And He calls to him through like psychicness, and it's all weird. And And he storms out out of the vet, and he rips off his mask, and it's Marcel. The last Red Doctor. I told you. Is Marcel, and he says, "For you, all for you. It was all
1: for you." Because I told you it was Marcel and they were in... La- I did say this on the last... I'm not trying yes. to be like, I was right, I was right. I did actually say this yes. out loud. Right? Yeah. I cannot remember if I did. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, what if it's Marcel and he's been trying to, you know, help his boy... F- like, he wants, you know, he wants Sebastian back. And that's literally what it was. And I can't believe that it's real, basically, because it's both so ridiculous and so great.
0: <laughs> it's wonderful. And... I mean, if you think about it, though, how long he's been alive? Trying. I mean, I don't really want to say alive because clearly, like Sebastian says, like immortality is not doing him wonders. Yeah. <laughs> but he's been doing this for so, so long just to get him to come back to life, and he finally did, and then. And it's not even like he dead. wanted
1: the beast. Like he, he, Like he clearly. Because he was, I don't know, maybe he's changed. Maybe he did want the beast and the killing. But to me, it feels like that what he wanted back was Sebastian. Uh And, you know, for Sebastian to have his merry way about life and not that he wanted the, he didn't want the beast as a weapon. He didn't want the power or anything like that. He was literally all doing it to get Sebastian back. And the beast is just incidental. Like, they're like, no, we don't want that. We don't want the beast. We just first have to make the beast in order to get Sebastian, if you know what I mean. Which is just, I mean, it's not subtle, guys. That's, uh, you know, there it is. But I was both shocked and amazed and delighted and grossed out. It It was good. Yeah,
0: he did not look well under that mask. Yeah, and Sebastian, you know you know,
1: Sebastian ain't no Vanessa from Deadpool because he's just like, ugh, he's not like it's okay. I, you know, I'll still love you anyway. <laughs> like Yeah. Um so uh but it was it was good and I can't believe that that, that is what it happened to be. I sort of can because I was I was theorising it and I wasn't joking that much. I was kind of like if it's someone that we if it's meant to be someone with a backstory, I do think it's probably him Mm -hmm. but i I just sort of forgotten about that until it happened and then i was like oh there it is (laughs) um so yeah did he die though did he just like get to look upon the face of his love and then die is that pretty Pretty much oh what about the other ones uh the people he recruited Uh, along the way
0: yeah i assume so i mean we kind of got the little bit of the story about the surgeon, but we never saw his face, and we never really knew where exactly he came from. But is I'm he assuming... the surgeon?
1: Is it was Sebastian the surgeon? Oh, not Sebastian, Marcel.
0: Oh, um, I didn't was think so. Was he the so, main one? But now I'm not so sure. Because I assume that he'd be the one that started this whole trip. If you yeah, know what I mean. he could have been. He could have been. Um, but either way, yeah, I think that he just kind of collected these people who could help him along the way, which is interesting.
1: Mm,
0: well, this is a
1: greatest love story of our time or something like that,
0: you know. Yeah. Ugh.
1: Well, <laughs> I'm curious about that, and I'm going to be, you know, writing some letters about that probably. And not letters, emails and stuff and being like, you guys –
0: is this a thing?
1: Uh, because it really, yeah, it' interesting, interesting choice. Like, it's, you know, and it's interesting that, you know, the characters never really knew about it and discuss it. It's not something that like came into like Gerard's legend. It's not something that, you know, they didn't sit around Lydia being like, he didn't even want the beast, he just wanted to bring back the man, and the beast is like a bad side effect and stuff like that, but it's just interesting to think that they've, you know, been thinking so long that they've done so much damage to so many people, and that people thought it was in the source, you know, people thought it was sourced in basically being I guess, power hungry in some way, or wanting to create like weapons, but in fact it was actually you know, pretty evil, but, like, not driven by the power stuff, like, driven by this crazy-in-love dude. So, yeah, that's what happened, I suppose. All for you. Oh, God. What was interesting to me was kind of the throwback to Season 1 as they followed on you know, from, uh, Sebastian and, and Marcel when Deaton and, and Scott and everything, they kind of discussed that original legend that they mentioned way back. It might've been the pilot or sometime in season one where Scott's like, you know, trying to find a cure and they're kind of like, Oh, there's an old legend that if you call a werewolf by his name, he'll turn back to human. And that was kind of like an old wives tale. Like that's how the show kind of spun it, but it ended up being tied into the truth of this situation in that, like, you know, Sebastian, you know, the beast remembered who he was and became the beast. He remembered his name, he remembered who he was, and that apparently if someone calls Mason by his name, he will, you know, come back into himself. Well, that's a theory that they come up with. And But it can't just be, like, you know, someone being like, you're Mason. It has to be, <laughs> like, a supernatural calling. So who's got the supernatural voice? Obviously it's Lydia, Um, so I was just like, wow, that's really going full. This is another thing that I felt like was a full circle moment, like an open and close of the show, because this was like Scott's, as I said, discussed right at the beginning with Scott, you know, want, you know, wanting a cure for being a werewolf, if not in the pilot, like in the very first couple of episodes.
0: Yeah. I was just happy. I mean, I think, all of that was really cool, but this idea that Lydia has this power to do this, you know, she's not just this harbinger of death. Yeah, it's not just like, Ooh, I've gotta die. oh, I'm yeah, gonna die. Yeah, it, it gives her a lot more to work with mm-hmm. and a lot more, I don't know, like she adds a lot more to the team. Now that she can fight, now that she has the ability to use her voice as a physical weapon, and also on a more, like, spiritual level, I guess you can think about it, she's Mm -hmm. able to add another dimension and I think that's always interesting when powers can continue to evolve and people can learn to use them in different ways to kind of keep switching it up and growing as people and as supernatural creatures and it's just it's nice to have Lydia be the one to help solve the problem and help save them
1: yeah and to sort of yeah realize that her gift is more than death related if you know Mm -hmm. what I mean
0: and then Sebastian, um, he leaves and he goes to the sheriff's station. And <gasps> this was pretty cool because I loved the way that he kind of squared off with the sheriff with Stalinsky. I really loved that conversation. I was yeah. like, This is
1: vibing, I'm liking it. Um I did get a bit tripped up. I was like, How come he can drive? But I realized that he was tapping into like everything. Mm-hmm. Mason, like you know, everything in Mason was knowledge that he had and, and stuff like that. So I rolled past that quickly, but at first I was like, Is he driving? What the f-? like, what? Uh, but yeah, moved on swiftly from that. Um, but yeah, that conversation between him and the sheriff was, I don't know, it was good, man. It was tasty. It was like, Yeah, vibe, you know, it was, and it was so uh, heavy. A Power
0: challenge, yeah, yeah, it was so heavy. There was that threat hanging in the air. And he he didn't necessarily want to pick a fight, you know. He just wanted to find the argument. He's just
1: like, and you know like, who I am. We gonna yeah. go
0: there. We gonna he's go like, there. I can leave and nothing can happen. And the sheriff was going to let that happen as much as clearly he didn't want to. He knew that he had to protect the people in the station. And unfortunately, Deputy Clark didn't get the memo. And she pulls her gun oh, and shoots him. And he attacks her. He attacks Hayden. He attacks Lydia. We see the other two. We don't see Clark again, which concerns me. But at the same time, I think if she were dead, they would have made a big deal about it because Hayden did come in right there. Yeah.
1: And and Hayden doesn't have anywhere else to go, like mm-hmm. any other family, as far as we know. Yeah. I don't know. Oh, Clark. She's very, she's very impetuous, Clark, and very like you know. Just do what you're told. Like seriously, just don't 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 shoot the guy for, you know, if the boss is telling you not to. And she's always like raring for a fight and getting into stuff. class. she's so.
0: kind of righteous, which I yeah. don't mind. I think that's a really good quality to have. But in this case, it was like this is not going to end well for you, and we knew that.
1: Yeah. Um, I'm assuming she's not dead because I feel like there's consequences of that, um, you know, for Hayden. But who knows? Yeah. Do do we know timeline-wise why Lydia and Hayden were at the police station at this time? Because to me it felt like Lydia just popped there out of nowhere, but... Did this carry on directly from last week? Like, was she already there for some reason?
0: Yeah. The The only thing I... It surprised me, too, when I first watched the episode. But I think it carries over from when Styles fell asleep on the couch and, like, she was still there. He left and she stayed. And I think she was just, like, in another room. And then we actually see Hayden come in. And I think she was coming from the school where she was with Corey. Okay fair enough i I, yeah
1: i'd have to watch the two episodes back to back to get a Mm -hmm. bit of flow i think which i haven't done yet but yeah he basically you know she does she know at this point that she can say the the name and like because she she kind of approaches him for no real reason if she She doesn't doesn't already know know. this yeah um so why did he go after her so badly just because she approached him or does she know he know what she is
0: well, she was getting ready to scream at him anyway to kind of knock it him back. Blow his head off or whatever. Yeah, so yeah. I think he was just protecting himself.
1: Yeah, so he slashed her across the throat, basically, which is not that great when you need your voice for stuff. And mm-hmm. uh, and so it's, yeah, a pre- pretty violent attack, and she has to go to the, the hospital and... Um, ends up coming out of the hospital by a very illegal cortisone shot shot in the neck but yeah first of all just the I guess the attack on her Um, did you feel like this was like gratuitous in any way or did you feel like it was needed for the story apparently people are talking about so much violence towards Lydia I feel like there's a lot of violence towards a lot of people in the show not just Lydia but I haven't tallied it up perhaps there is more towards her I don't know
0: I think uh-huh. the issue here is that we end up seeing Lydia in the hospital so often. I mean, she really has been in there for pretty bad stuff multiple times. However, yeah. she is human compared to Scott, who can heal. I mean, a lot of really horrible things yeah, to I Scott, think- too. And considering his gaping chest wounds that keep popping up from time to time over the season, mm-hmm. I don't feel like this is necessarily more violence toward Lydia, just that it impacts her more heavily.
1: I think that's true. I think, like, you know, Scott, Malia, Kira, and Liam, at least out of all of them, can get, like, you know, big slash on them and and it heals and stuff like that. Um, Styles because he has no supernatural power, doesn't usually get into the line of fire as often, though he does sometimes when he gets a shot of glass in his chest. (laughs) Lydia is used as a weapon a lot, but has no defense, if you know what I mean. So, you well, has no healing, you know, has nothing to make up for the fact that she is, you know, a weapon. She has no reserves for healing or anything like that. She just has the power. So it does mean that she's in the line of fire without the same protection as the others, which isn't great. Cause a lot of the times they're like, no styles, you're the breakable human. You can't do this thing. But Lydia is like, Oh, Lydia, we need Lydia to do the thing. But she, you know, doesn't have the healing power. So yeah, she's in that unfortunate circumstance. Um, though I'm not too, you know, she has been slashed thr- across the throat and strangled and her head drilled in and all sorts of things. So yeah, a lot of stuff has happened to Lydia. I don't know. Maybe they're trying to drive her insane. Like Meredith. Hmm. Let's hope not. So Melissa comes in and and she's basically like, yeah, kind of gets Lydia's consent for the um, injection. She was like, okay, Lydia, so this is going to just be between you and me because this could really get me fired. Um, And they're like, okay, go ahead. And, you know, she's like, this is going to hurt like a bitch. And Melissa once again is like done with stupid boys being ineffectual because she's like, will you hold her hand? Like to styles about the, the pain and Styles is making all his big talk talk about how he's going to pass out though. He never does, but Liam actually does pass out at the yeah. side of this big needle going to Lydia's neck. So how did you like this? Um, obviously the season didn't really end with any, any romance, which is fine. Um, but it did end, you know, we had desert wolf a bunch of times talking, you know, to start, you know, to Malia about styles, like, Oh, your little boyfriend and stuff like that. And, you know, he ends up coming in at the end of the episode, you know, w- while the others are facing off with the Beast. he He's coming to Malia to help her with the um the claws and stuff like that. But we also have the Lydia, you know, Scott Styles and Lydia doing the, you know, him holding her hand and him, you know, come, always coming to see her in the hospital. Again, like before they did the cortisone shot, he was the one that was there being like, you okay? They're there. So how do you feel about that, those two relationships at the moment, I guess?
0: I think it's interesting that they haven't taken Lydia and Styles anywhere. I'm not complaining about it because I think their friendship is really, really important. And like I've said before, I want it to build into something if that's the direction they are going in. Um, I thought it was interesting that we got two very prominent shots of Styles taking Lydia's hand. And I feel like they're kind of doing that. Like they're kind of building towards something where maybe they start getting a little more physical or start getting closer. And it's certainly, you know, something to keep an eye out for in season six. I think in terms of Styles' relationship with Malia... I don't really know if it's going to go anywhere. I mean, I kind of feel like that's over. Not in a bad way, but in a sort of, like, we've grown apart kind of way. I mean, now that all the crazy's gone, maybe that won't be the case. But I thought it was great at the end of the episode that Lydia and Malia were arm-in-arm going into school. And I'm like, yeah, I could get behind that friendship. Like, I just love uh, the dynamic of all these characters. And there isn't that kind of jealousy that you see between people on so many other shows when you know everybody's kind of dated everybody else or there's feelings in a closeness between them so right now I'm happy with where things have ended and I'm definitely curious how they're going to handle it moving forward. Hmm.
1: Yeah I
0: mean yeah it could be
1: yeah it could really go either way it could be neither like it could just be you know, the, the romance will not become central at all. Uh, but yeah I, was, yeah, I was sort of um, a little bit surprised, I guess.
0: Something that I was not surprised about was that Theo ends up losing everything because I really did expect, you know, him to just come crashing down at some point. And I had a feeling it was when he was going to go up against the Beast. However, that being said... I was not expecting this twist with Deucalion, and it was so glorious. I was really into it because Theo um, tries to get the Beast's power and can't, and that's when Deucalion reveals that he was working with Scott the whole time, and he wasn't trying to get his eyes or anything like that. And it was really satisfying. I instantly was like, okay, I'm Team Deucalion now. Like, I was kind of grumpy before, and I was angry at him for turning back on his word after Scott let him go and had him healed and stuff. Um, but it turns out that if Theo had Belasco's talents, he could have taken the Beast's power. But because of that little nugget of information he gave to Hayden, it made its way back to Theo, and Theo thought the talons were just no good. So it was nice seeing Theo crumbling down. Yeah, it was – yeah, I was super on board
1: with it immediately because the whole time I've been like, it's really unrealistic, the Ducalion – like, I was just like, why has he gone evil again? This makes no sense. Why is he just – you know, wh- wh- how ungrateful? Like, why are you so gross? And he didn't. He was – he's been good the whole time. Like, you know, I don't know if good is a relative term, but – you know, ever since he, you know, left there with his sight after he did his alpha wolf nonsense, um, apparently him and Scott have been, like, pen pals or something <laughs> and been allies. And, yeah, basically, he Scott at some point had to go to him and be like, okay, so there's this freaking douchebag and I need you to come in and pretend to be my enemy and it's going to, you know, be really realistic because, you know, he knows about our, our past. And you can um, – you'll do this, and then at the end we'll, like, you know, we'll dupe him into – you can feed him the wrong information because he'll think that you're against me. And so, like, have they been texting the whole time? Like, you know, when has when has Ducalion been able to touch base with Scott, do you think? Or, or did they kind of have to set it up in advance and then trust that it would get to the point that it needed to get to?
0: I think that's exactly the case, that they – I mean, Theo clearly – has a one-track mind, and I think Scott has been aware of that for a long time, and unfortunately for Theo, he's he's kind of predictably unpredictable. I mean, like Deucalion said, you know, you keep betraying everybody, and it's going to come back to haunt you, and it did, and I think they could count on the fact that whatever it takes, he was going to do what was in his own best interests. And in the end, they did count on that, and in the end, it worked perfectly.
1: Yeah, but imagine the amount of trust there would have to be between Scott and DeKalion to be like, okay, I'll see you in two months. Just go with it. Just mm-hmm. where you know, you just vibe the information that he's getting, twist it around where you can, you know, try and help the the other chimeras that you know all of that kind of stuff, like. And they're just being like, okay, just go. Unless he's, like, sneaking into the, you know, Theo's bunker and Theo's not there and having little little um, State of the Union meetings. He really had to just <laughs> trust Ducalion, like, you know, that that he would sort of take the right turns to get Theo to where he needed to be. And it's, yeah, it kind of says a lot about Scott and Ducalion's relationship, in my opinion.
0: It does. And... I guess that kind of brings us to the end of DuCalion's arc because he does get shot. Gerard does. Uh, shoot him. I stop know. Stop shooting everyone. I know. It was it was sort of weird because I don't really know what the point was other than Gerard is obviously a huge dick and he just decided to do that because he has issues with DuCalion, which is fine. Um, I'm assuming Deucalion's not dead because he's still a werewolf, so he's able to heal. Um, But I am interested if that relationship between Scott and Deucalion will carry on into season six because...
1: I would, like, be happy if he was, like, a lead character. I would be totally, like, and just roll with that, like, that he was, like, lead character Deucalion. Mm
0: -hmm. Because if this is the kind of relationship that they now have it could be instrumental, especially given Deucalion's knowledge of things that have gone on in Beacon Hills and elsewhere. I really feel like there needs to be some sort of older character other than um, Deaton, who is aware of these things. I mean, Chris is to a certain extent, but I feel like there needs to kind of be somebody on the other side as well. And I mm. would really love like that a Derek, to... like like yeah, except yeah. Derek
1: doesn't you know only pretended to know things.
0: I mean, um, like Valak, but less gross.
1: Yeah, I suppose that's true. If
0: I can't have Valak
1: as an ally that I wanted him to be, I'll take Jukaiian as mm-hmm. the ally that I wanted him to be. Um, you mean you don't want Derek to come back with my the fantastic plan I had in my dream?
0: I mean, I would be into it, but he'd probably uh, would he know even less? I guess he would. Routine, in no,
1: in, okay. I I just had a dream. I literally before we started recording, it was it's morning for me, and I woke up from a dream in which I'd different things happened in the Teen Wolf finale to to this finale. One of which was that Derek came back, I think as himself, like as Tyler Heckland. But something happened, and he got turned back into young Derek, into Ian. What's his face? Um, you know that that actor who who played young Derek and it was like Derek was going to be back on the show permanently but Tyler Hecklin wasn't it was going to be for some reason like Derek back in his teenage body due to something and that, that, that we were going to have Derek back permanently but he was as a teenager again but I don't think he would, got was teenage memories I think it was himself as he is now mm. but put back into his teenage body For some weird reason. Not that he knows that much now, but And it was kind of like he he like sometimes like had flashes where he was like Tyler Heckland, but it was like it was mostly the young Derek. It was very strange. Um anyway, that's an option for having Derek to come back to the show if if Tyler Heckland doesn't want to be in Teen Wolf and wants to be in Fifty Shades of Grey instead. Um, yeah, find a you know, find some sort of weird curse to de age him again. It's happened before. And then like he literally it was gonna be like there was no cure. Like he had to live his life over again as a teenager and go back to school. I mean, I suppose he didn't have to go back to school, but like to get away with like existing in society, like he kind of had to be at school and he had to be all of that kind of stuff. Like so, yeah. Poor Derek, Derek. Became, <laughs> became one of their peers. Um, that was weird. So yeah, it's been a while since I've told you guys about my Teen Wolf dreams. Yeah. Um,
0: they're always fantastic.
1: Anyway, we'll move on from from that. Um, Jukalian yeah. as an ally, like a, a as a regular in the show, would be I would be very good with that. Yeah him and Deaton together could be interesting because they did work together before Decalion went evil. You know, he you know he worked with Deaton through Talia and we know that both of those actors have discussed in the past that, you know, they were both kind of a bit in love with Talia and now Talia's dead and, you know, Decalion was evil and then what would happen if they came back and had to be like, al- you know, adult allies
0: together for Scott – I think Deucalion wouldn't be afraid to call Deaton out on his... He's like, you don't know that! What are you
1: talking about? That is the biggest nonsense. So, yeah. Yeah. Anyway.
0: One more double-cross this episode was Chris um, double-crossing Gerard and giving Scott the pike, which was also really satisfying not as surprising because we always knew chris was on the right side and everything but we weren't sure exactly like how far gerard would go and what exactly the case would be there but um just seeing them square off with each other guns pointed at each other's heads like it was it was pretty satisfying
1: imagine like you and your dad or you and your mom Standing there pointing guns at each other's heads. I
0: mean, they don't have a solid relationship. I think that's clear. I know, but, like, just imagine getting, like, you know, clearly, you know, he was
1: he still raised him. Like, there was still, like, you know, children. You know, ch- Chris was his child. Chris was a hunter, you know, who, who believed in what Gerard was doing until, you know, three or, or four years, you know, how many years ago, three years ago. And... Yeah, just imagine that. Like, ima- I know that he hadn't seen the dad in ages. Like, you know, he hadn't seen Gerard in ages. So clearly, somewhere along the way, you know, even though they both believed in hunting werewolves, they clearly had a bit of a disagreement with life. But still, imagine that, like, you know, father and son, like, fully pointing a gun at each other. I mean, I suppose we had Malia and her mother, but we're talking about like people who really did like grow up, you know, like grow up together and stuff like that. It's pretty extreme. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, basically, apparently Chris knew the whole time that um, uh, Chris knew that the whole time that, you know, Gerard, we, they needed Gerard for the knowledge, but that at the end of the day, Gerard's plan was not going to fly because it involved, like, killing Mason or whatever, and, you know, that he was just going to use the pike to, like, stab the – beast basically and just be like no and not have any chance of saving mason Mm -hmm. and so he takes it away from gerard and gives it to scott i don't understand why they didn't just why they i don't know if if their task if their part of the job was to go get the pike i guess that's fine but i don't understand why this needed to happen in like a double cross moment why they were why you know They found it, and they didn't just take it to Scott. I'm not sure. Is it just because Gerard wanted to stab things?
0: Yeah, I mean, he wanted the honor of defeating the Beast. Oh, yeah, that's true. Ugh.
1: Yeah.
0: Fair enough.
1: Um, And then a few things happen in quick succession that are pretty extreme. Um, Basically, they're they're getting ready to um, uh, fight, I guess, or try and save Mason. And first of all, you know... Liam, I can I just say, it was, you know, they're getting ready to use the the pike and, or the, whatever you want to call it, the cane sword, and Liam is like, no, no, sh- I'll do it. It should be me. You don't have to do this to Scott. And Scott's like, we're not gonna kill him, you idiot! <laughs> but Liam was, like, willing to go and stab Mason in order to save Scott, because... Oh, I love
0: that so much. Yeah. I mean, it's it's tragic, because clearly they're... Very close friends, Liam and Mason, but I think, you know, he already felt like he lost one friend, he couldn't lose Scott too, and of course there's that bond between an alpha werewolf and his beta, and I'm really glad, obviously, that things worked out the way that they did, but I really like this idea that Liam cares as much about Scott as he does about Mason. I think that's huge, especially considering some of the stuff that we got in season four, where he kind of rebelled against this idea of being the beta. And that's been cleared up for a while now, but it's still, it's nice to continue to see their relationship grow like this. Mm. And
1: so basically, you know, as the, what actually happens though, is that Sebastian, um, you know, grabs, Scott, why initially is he trying to take memories? Like, what is he trying to achieve by doing this to Scott? Or is it just incidental that, oh, Claws went in, now you've got my memories?
0: I think it's incidental. I think he's just trying to kill him.
1: Yeah, so he wasn't trying to actually draw memories. He was trying to just... Yeah, it was just sort of like, oh, claws went in, now I can see your brain. Like, yeah. and that, that happened. But basically, for, you know, whatever reason, um, I don't know if it's just what he chooses to focus on or if it's what, like, Scott's thinking about in the moment when he's dying or when he might be dying, um, or if it's just that out of the entire mess of Scott's head, that's what, you know, Sebastian recognizes. He sees Allison. Like, he sees visions of Allison throughout her life and her death. And he, you know, obviously sees her as Marie-Jean. He he is like, oh, my God, like, Marie-Jean. And it makes him, you know, it makes him take pause, basically. And, and it makes him step back and, you know, reassess his life and his choices um uh, because we don't really ever get an explanation of like why his sister loved him so much or like if he did used to not be a dick um we never really find that out um but given that in, you know the sight of Marie Jean even though you know he spent 3 years you know hunting you know getting hunted by her and stuff uh was enough to make him you know reevaluate or at least become very upset and confused um it's there's enough time for in that moment of confusion for Lydia to give her proper mason scream and mason kind of falls out of the beast shadow thing and then it's sort of what's left is kind of the spirit of the beast like without a physical form like sebastian does not continue to exist the beast spirit does continue to exist and then they throw the pike like a sort of a spear through that shadow through that spirit which destroys the beast spirit i guess and suppose the concept of Sebastian along with it so how did you feel about this as sort of a an ending for the villain like did you do you do you think this counts as Scott killing someone or like how how does this work for you
0: oh I hadn't actually thought about that but no I don't really count it as Scott killing someone um I think there's a huge difference between destroying this you know monstrous cloud versus actually like you know, slicing somebody open or something like that. Um, I, I think this, set, this ending was really satisfying. I think it was the only ending that we could have gotten that wouldn't have made me angry because I really wanted Mason back, and I think it's fantastic that they found a really solid way to reason why he could still be saved and it was cool that Lydia was the one that got to do that and it was awesome that Liam got his best friend back and it was also great that Parrish did end up going up against um, What
1: did Parrish? Yeah, sorry. We haven't mentioned Parrish at all. What happened with Parrish? Like he basically um you know Gerard and and Chris, like what was that fight? Like can, can I cuz I don't really understand what happened there exactly. What do you mean? Well, when, you know, Chris was like, I'm doing this. I'm going to save you by putting down my gun. Like, I don't really understand what happened there. That
0: I didn't really understand necessarily, but, I mean, in the end, I think it was just about doing their best to um, to slow the beast down, hoping that if they put enough bullets in him, maybe Parrish could take care of him, but in the end like clearly they did all have to work together and Pearish certainly played his part he kind of battled the spirit of the beast until scott could throw the pike and yeah. together they all kind of did their own part
1: yeah no that's true cuz like, he could hold it at bay i just the bit where he was like you know the picture is is of a hellhound not of a guy with a gun so I'm going to let you fulfill your destiny by doing nothing. That's kind of what it felt like Chris was saying. I was very confused by that. Maybe, maybe I maybe I read it wrong.
0: Maybe that's in contrast to him not believing that Parrish could do it, that they kind of wanted to put stock in Lydia earlier.
1: Yeah, I suppose that's true. Yeah. Um, I would have to rewatch that scene, but yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, anyway, let's get to the worst part of the episode, shall yeah, we? Um, yeah. okay. So, I don't know whether this is meant to be a character trait of this guy or if this was, like, a weird filming situation. But as Mason stumbles out of the cloud and is, you know, coming towards them all Mason-y and stuff, it's not Liam, his BFF, that catches him. It's Corey, who hasn't been there until that second. He literally just materializes against the wall. He's like, oh, My baby is back and catches him and and Mason's all like, oh, Corey. and Oh, my God, this kid, this freaking kid. What a – oh, is it just (laughs) like – okay, is this just like, oh, we're meant to think he was there the whole time and just, oh, we forgot to put him in the earlier scenes? Or is this – this kid is a wimpy little creeper who follows them around invisible, like, until it's convenient for him?
0: I mean, okay. Couple of things about this. One, I laughed my ass off the first time this happened. Like,
1: why? I didn't find it funny. I was just annoyed. No,
0: it was so funny because he just comes out of nowhere and gets all the glory. Like, he gets to catch Mason. He did no work, but he's there in the end when everything's safe. So, like, I laughed. And then I forgot. Like, I watched this episode twice. I forgot it happened and left exactly the same <laughs> way the second time. I don't time. know if I find this funny. I find it I find it funny because it's it's kind of I don't know. It is annoying because I don't think he's creepy. I don't think there's like anything wrong with him other than the fact that maybe he's just a coward. I don't mean evil creepy. I mean no. like Yeah. He's I think creepy. that part of it is he's probably just a coward. I mean he's said that before, and maybe like given get- the way that he is a chimera, that's just part of his personality because he can go invisible, you know, he's he can hide very easily. So I can kind yeah. of picture I, that being his defining trait believe
1: that they chose to include this rather than not include him at all they chose to show this character moment if you know what i mean as opposed to just being like oh yeah Corey wasn't there and you know they can deal with that when they get back to school for the year or something yeah. like that maybe like,
0: they just wanted to make sure that like everybody was there um because rather than
1: just inserting him because Corey, as with the ability to go invisible and not just go invisible to make things he touch goes invisible. Like he can grab something and if he goes invisible with it, he could have picked up a chair and like hit someone with it while they're invisible and not seen it coming. If you know what I mean? Like he has a huge asset in a fight. But nah, he's just gonna like follow them around without them knowing, and then pop out when it's convenient for him.
0: Well, and all- do you think that they didn't know? I mean, Scott has been Scott was able to know, know. that he was, was invisible dis- in the background. Yeah, in the but past. he was a bit
1: Scott was a bit distracted. Yes, I think they probably didn't know. Like,
0: or well, do you?
1: How was that possibly part of the plan? Like, yeah, okay, you stay there, you stay invisible until he shows up, and then you can catch him. Like, you know, well, I don't think that was
0: written into the plan. I'm wondering if it was, because could Corey, could Corey's role have been, okay, grab Mason, get him out of the way so that we can kill the beast when the time comes and he's not, like, in the middle? I mean, maybe, but that's giving him a bit much credit. that I. That's giving him it more is, credit than like, I give him. I know, me too. I'm not down with the way that this ended up being played on screen. I think it could have used a little bit more time to kind of like flesh out what the actual point was. But if we're going to speculate, I would say that considering how long Scott's been working on some solutions, I wouldn't be surprised if Corey was part of those talks. I
1: suppose, maybe. To me, it just felt like he was a big creepy wimp basically who follows them around invisible and then pops out and you know it's convenient for him um it reminds me of my most hated star wars character but um who is a character that a lot of people like so maybe i shouldn't talk about it but <laughs> well um, let's talk
0: about the next part because this was the greatest part of the episode for me um, mm-hmm. It was absolutely my favorite scene. Kira returns. She um she returns just in time to get to break Lydia out and bring her into the main battle to help save Mason. But once that's all over with Theo. Yeah, where does – because Theo throws her down a hole. Yeah. And well, where is that hole? She's just somewhere else in the tunnels in a room that was locked.
1: Mm-hmm okay
0: there's a lot down there so it yeah. didn't really throw me off or anything but um theo comes back because of course he comes back that kid you know his neck's broken but yeah jucalion he... fully snapped his
1: neck and i was like and like literally in front of scott and liam and i was like oh my god did he just did jucalion just kill him in front of yeah. scott and scott just like okay uh apparently he broke his neck and that was just meant to be like you know <laughs> he was just like you bro- oh, that was another great line you broke my neck yeah, good luck with that. Like, yeah. so good. Uh, but I guess, you know, it was sort of to delay him. Like, okay, so he won't die, but he's going to take, like, ages to heal from it.
0: Yeah, and that kind of gets him out of the way from the main battle, which really is actually a smart thing. And I like that Deucalion didn't actually end up killing him. And then... Um, And then but Kira comes back like he has I thought this worked out really well because he has this power with electricity now and he goes to attack Scott and Liam because Liam was standing right there as well. But Kira's back and of course she can handle the power of electricity and she stops him with her sword and that was all very satisfying. And she just kind of like waltzes up and is like, hey, Theo, the skinwalkers have a message for you. Your sister wants to see you. And the look of panic on his face at the mention of the skinwalkers was amazing. And we see Theo's sister crawl up out of the ground and take him down below. And he is screaming. He wants Scott to to save him. And he and like, way nah. at the end and his voice cracks. And, like, the panic is palpable. And it was so great. And then the ground just... Boop, covers up over him. So what, what, what,
1: what, what even happened there? What Do you think his sister was a, was a skinwalker? Do you think that was really his sister? Do you think the skinwalkers just have the power to conjure like phantoms in the way that, you know, Kira's challenge happened and stuff like that? And they've given her the power to conjure this phantom to take mm. him away.
0: I don't believe she's a skinwalker because if she were a skinwalker, I just have a feeling that she would look like the other ones and she doesn't. She looks like. I mean,
1: she's wearing her normal dead girl clothes for this particular bit just to make Theo really upset. Maybe,
0: but <laughs> I don't really see that happening. I do think that they maybe have a, like a power over the dead or something like that where they can kind of call them back up or something. I'm not sure.
1: Yeah, like my question is like, what actually happened here? Is this a, is this like you know like the you know like Kira's fight you know with the Oni or is this like um you know is this something that you know genuinely like I mean it happened it was that he 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 went under the ground like that that really happened but like where did he go like was it you know, was it actually his sister or was it like a Skinwalker magic bit that was just like, you know, taking him into wherever they go under the ground, like with the, you know, with the vision of his sister or ooh, I have no idea. But anyway, he's, he, he's under the ground. Let's hope he stays yes. there. <laughs> mm. So basically that that all came to an end. Everyone, you know, Mason's okay. You know, he's with his wimpy boyfriend. Um, everyone's alive. No one died, as far as we know. Um, Parrish is okay, as far as I know. Um, Gerard is still unfortunately alive. He got shot in the wrist, I guess, by Chris. Yeah. Um, you know, he, he pulled off his gun before Gerard did. Um, who knows what's going to happen to Gerard. He's pretty old. Maybe he'll die soon. Um, surprisingly, this was actually the biggest surprise to me, is that Hayden got the bite from Scott and joins the pack because – he willingly gives her the bite when she's injured, and she's injured, you know, she doesn't seem like she's dying or anything. Did she get shot or just stabbed?
0: She was stabbed by the
1: beast, by the claws. Okay, from the and she's sort of been wandering around the whole episode being stabbed. She goes to Deaton, and it's like, I hear that you help like people like us. And she's kind of stable, and he she's he he's like, I'm not sure if you heal, you'll heal. We can still go to the hospital, and she's like, No, I died there once. So instead of getting like normal medical care for something that she might have survived, um, and she didn't really seem that badly off. Um, Scott gives her the bite to heal her because she and she, you know, Liam says, you know, it has to be your choice, and she's like, Yep, go ahead, and Scott. Willingly gives her the bite, I mean, I suppose she's already a chimera, she's already been through this nonsense. You might as well have the benefits of being a supernatural as opposed mm-hmm. to just the weird like half price job that Theo did, yeah, um and yeah, so she becomes a beta of Scots as well, like a, a, a not only you know a real one that he he bit like a naturally made beta, a willing one as opposed to Liams, so that's gonna be interesting. Um, you know, to have those two little guys as Scott's little little werewolf baiters. And yeah. um, I know people were complaining about the lack of actual werewolves in the show anymore, so here's a new one for you. Um, did you sort of expect this to, to happen? I, I really didn't, but I suppose it's a good mirror for the fact that she died because, hey, you know, Scott wouldn't give her the bite in the end of 5A.
0: Yeah, I... I didn't really think about it, to be honest. Like, I didn't really imagine that this was something they were going to do. But now that it's done, I'm really happy with it. I like the idea that, yeah, there's another werewolf walking around. I like the idea that Hayden gets to continue on as part of the pack. um, Because you know how much I love Hayden. And I like that it's just another addition for Scott. I mean, he continues to build up his pack with people who mean something to him have proven themselves not that he necessarily goes around testing people but you know they're already loyal to him and he kind of brings them in because of that and I think that's why that's part of the reason why he's so strong and part of the reason why his pack is so formidable um
1: and it was like a situation of I guess not just like hey I want to be a werewolf like you know it was someone who, you know, was at risk and I don't know, it was, yeah, it was good. And he was, he was, there was no angst for him about doing it. Like he nope. was just like, yep, let's do it. And so that's sort of a change for him as well. Like he's more certain in his power and, and what's good for people,
0: I guess. It was kind of best case scenario, I think.
1: Yeah. Uh, Styles, you know, has a conversation with his dad about how good it felt to like save people and stuff like that. Um, and I think this is a carry on from, you know, he, the thing about Donovan and, and about how he, you know, he, how he had to keep doing stuff to make up for it. And he feels that now. Um, and basically this ends, this conversation kind of ends with his dad being like, you, you know, you you want this to keep happening. And he's like, yeah, I think I do. And, and he's like, well, you know, welcome to your new career in law enforcement. So, I guess that that's going to be Styles' arc for after high school. If, if season six jumps to after high school, um, it, you know, it may be with Styles, um, you know, training to, to be a cop. I'm not sure how one becomes a cop, but, yeah, he, uh, which is something that fandom has theorized about for a long, 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 long time. I never really particularly saw that path for him, but, you know, if that's the, the rationale that they want to give it, that's that's fine. Um, but yeah, he's going to, yeah, apparently be uh, a cop. He's going to be his daddy's deputy at some point maybe, or, you know, just take over the reins or in another town or who, who knows. But, um, yeah, how did you feel about that kind of, uh, I guess m- moving on revelation for him, you know, we the, actually putting that into words?
0: I think it's great. I think it's a solid step forward for ideas that we can think about ahead of season six. I like that they're kind of, you know, the little hints that we've gotten about like the scholarship that Scott was looking at for colleges. It's, it's not like all of a sudden they're going to dump in our laps, like, Oh, they've gone off to college, whether or not we follow them, you know, building blocks are there. Yeah. And it's really nice that we're getting that now. I, I love the idea that Styles is perhaps considering a career in law enforcement because he is such a good detective, and he knows a lot of stuff already being around his dad and, you know, breaking the rules, and he knows all the codes and stuff. And I think that he's well prepared for that life, and he knows what it entails, and he knows the risks, and he's already taken a lot of risks regardless. So if he Mm. can go into law enforcement, I think he has the ability to save a lot of people. And if he's aware of the supernatural, I think he has even more of an ability to help Scott or other people like Scott who are working to keep kind of the normal safe in their towns, you know, wherever Scott uh, Stiles ends up. Yeah. Um,
1: yeah. So that's going to be, I guess, interesting. I'm not sure how people join the military, uh, how, how people join law enforcement, it seems like a lot of them were in the military first. Like I know that sheriff was and parish was, if you know what I mean. So, so yeah, I uh, well, maybe Styles will be in the army and then become maybe. police, or maybe you just can, become a police straight away. I don't know.
0: You can also like go to school. Like I knew this guy who wanted to be a police officer, but he went to. Um, college yeah for like bible studies like okay you need I think you need like a two-year degree and then you take like courses and stuff I mean don't quote Mm -hmm. me I don't know but I think there are you know several ways that you can kind of go about doing that okay well
1: we'll see I suppose And then uh, you mentioned it earlier, but apparently the OTP, you know, that ended up coming out the other end of this um, whole disaster is Lydia and Malia. They kind of get to school and link arms and they're like, yeah, we're all good. Not that they ever had beef really, but they just kind of, they've both been through a lot and they're there with each other now, basically, Mm -hmm. not romantically as far as we know, but (laughs) they're there, you know, being. I
0: love it. I'm happy.
1: And another part of the wrap up is, you know, Scott taking Kira to the desert to rejoin the Skinwalkers, and they're both kind of at peace with this. Like Scott's a bit like, oh, I'm sad, but okay. Oh, you know, they're kind of making out in the desert, and you know, you know, saying goodbye before Kira, you know, was like, I, you know, I made a promise, I had to go back um, to them, and and so, and he's kind of like, well, how long will it take? And she's like, as long as it takes and he keeps her tail safe, like the throwing star thing. Um, I don't know if that's meant to be her second one or her, her newest, like, or like her newest one, or if it's still the original one, but it may be that she's earned her second one now. Um, and yeah, basically she goes off to join them and train with them, whatever it is that she needs to do, like, you know, serve her time. This is very kind of like pirates of the Caribbean, like, you know, like off, you know, off he goes, um, will turner on the you know mm-hmm. um on the on the boat uh but yeah off she goes and who knows how long it'll be before she's well i guess or if, you know if she's done her duty um it could be until next season it could be that you know scott just goes you know once a year and visits his girlfriend in the desert you know where she's a skinwalker who knows for the next half many years of his life um Uh, They're both kind of at peace with this, you know, but I I don't know what's going to happen for Kira in season six, really.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't feel awesome about it. It feels kind of like the closing. I mean, this whole episode really felt like the closing of a chapter and Mm. getting ready for the next one in a big way. I mean, we knew that Jeff was really considering season five being the end of the series. And I think in a lot of ways, this finale reflects that. The fact that Kira is going off to be with the Skinwalkers and the fact that it could take years for her to do whatever she's doing does not make me feel awesome about her return. Um, I would sincerely hope that we would see her again, but but I really, I don't know. I mean, it depends, I guess, and if she comes back, is she going to be the same Will she ever be able to come back? I mean, that's kind of a question, too. I would assume that she would get better eventually. The one hope that I have is that even Lydia was like, well, she has to graduate eventually, so hopefully we'll get some more Kira. Yeah.
1: Um, And, yeah, it did really kind of feel like a closing off, like this could be the end of the, the show, because it kind of ends on the last um the last three of them basically you know the the final shot is of the you know the the lead three basically or the original three which is you know scott styles and lydia you know at a four-person table with a space basically which would have been for allison
0: um that hurts
1: well, look, um the the point is before that, like Styles is kinda of talking about like I was really worried about like, you know, Styles was being like, Oh, gang's all gotta stay together, we can't all leave uh and uh Styles is now less worried about that happening because he's like, We're all gonna find each other anyway, which is a very nice sentiment to have, I suppose. Um but basically, yeah, it, it ends um in the you know, with Styles telling Lydia, you know, about what happened w- with Scott and Alison, what happened with the vision, Scott going up to the library to kind of you know, check on Alison's initials and, you know, you know, say whatever he, you know, wanted to say to her or whatever, and then, yeah, ending with those lead three, you know, at this four-person table, talking about Alison, which is very, very full circle. You know, if we're talking about, like, closing, closing it off, where you know where the lead story began basically like the show's entire story began
0: yeah i think they did such a good job of keeping allison's memory alive since she died but also not harping on it too much because for people who fell in love with the show she was obviously a major reason and i think for fans when you end up losing a character and an actor from the show, it it hurts a lot and it really does change the dynamic of the show. Obviously, a lot of people have still stuck around after Allison and want to kind of keep those happy memories alive, but also not, you know, be hit over the head with it every episode and, and feel sad because she's gone. So, they did mm. an excellent job of that, and I, I love this concept of Allison continuing to help them even after being gone it's so beautiful and they did it so well over the course of the season
1: yeah just the way that even styles kind of says it like when he was like allison saved his life like he can't he kind of can't believe it and stuff like that yeah was yeah and then yeah that was it so i'd be okay with ending like you know i would have been you know if that was the finale of the show, there would have been other things You know, I would have maybe liked, you know, there are people I would have liked to see again or know more about their story. But like, if they, if they're just people that we have, you know, pipe dreams about that are never actually coming back to the show, then, then this, this for the core characters would have been okay. I think.
0: Yeah. I would have felt very comfortable with this being the final season of Teen Wolf. I think that they just did a really good job of wrapping it up and yet leaving it open. Like, not even mm. the part that's going to season six, which I'll get to in a minute, but just the fact that clearly they're not at the end. They still have yeah. school, like po- you know. Positive potential. Yeah, of. exactly. And, yeah. and it kind of left the door open of, okay, we kind of know what Styles is interested in. We already knew what Scott was interested in. And... Kira's going off to better herself and it's just it was really nice and part mm. of me is like I would have been okay and I am okay at this point but the other part of me is like well we have another season might as well enjoy it so yeah
1: I'm just kind of hoping that next season it's not going to be like an like a a plot and a b plot with like people who aren't at school versus people that are at school if you know what I mean like like Glee, basically, like, mm-hmm. um, like when they were like, oh, we're in New York, and oh, we're, you know, this group of new people in high school. Like, so I hope it's not going to be like Hayden and Liam still at school dealing with a different plot. To a little bits of that is okay, but I hope they find a way to still make the story a whole, as opposed to kind of splitting the the stories. If you know what I mean.
0: Yeah, I think it's difficult if you split the stories to make it feel like one show. Like, it's always Mm. going to feel like two shows because it takes place in two different areas with two different sets of characters that might not necessarily cross over that often, if at all. And I think that's just a lot to juggle in a universe where there's already a lot of moving parts, so I'm hoping that they don't do that either. Mm, Yeah. But speaking of season six, at the end of the episode, uh, we get just a brief little glimpse of possibly what's to come, and that's our favorite tank guy escapes from his tank, and he kind of walks off with these muddy uh, footprints. And Brooke has put in here, does this mean that we'll get World War II flashbacks next year? Oh, I would be into that. I mean, he's a Nazi alpha werewolf and he's clearly alleged
1: Nazi alleged. He could be a, you know, maybe he's not a Nazi. Maybe he's like a victim of like, you know, he was trapped and stuff like that. But you know, I'm not one to sympathize with Nazis. So (laughs) if he, if he is a Nazi, you know, like, yeah, let's, let's roll with it. But, um, that's the story we have so far at least. Yeah. Yeah. So it's
0: going to be interesting. And, um I would definitely be down for World War 2 flashbacks. I enjoy learning more about that era and I've done a lot of research on it in the past for school. So, I would I would be interested. Cool. Okay, and then I guess going
1: into a little bit of feedback as well um is uh, we, about a few things that we've talked about before and about this episode um do you think that they did enough? This is from Brooke and her musing, but do you think that they did enough with, you know, the fact that Scott was dead? Like, or do you think that it's just meant to be, he died, he recovered, or has it actually affected him aside from like this, you know, having to re regain the pack, you know, was his weakness due to not having a pack or was there any consequences of the fact that he died?
0: I don't think they showed that nearly enough. I mean, we kept getting reminders from Hayden that she died, that she didn't want to die again, and what that did to her mentally. I mean, she was really not on board with Liam and what he was doing in the beginning of 5B, despite clearly still having feelings for him. And I mm. wish we could have gotten more from Scott with that, because he, he also died, and it was... Tragic, And yeah, he had to deal with some of that when it came to Liam and what Liam did. But I feel like there should have been more consequences. What happened was not normal coming back to life after so long. And Mm. maybe we'll end up getting more of that in season six. I don't know. I feel like that would be a little too much of a jump. Like they should have addressed it sooner. But...
1: I mean, maybe he's just... If it's just mental, maybe he's just like, okay... I'm alive. No big deal. Like, Hayden was just sort of hung up on it because, you know, she was upset by the fact she died. It didn't seem to really physically affect her. And You know, it didn't seem to be an external pressure. It's just her having the hang-up. Maybe Scott doesn't really have the hang-up.
0: Maybe. And that was sort of her first foray already into the supernatural world. I mean, she was very, very new. So... Scott has a lot more experience and so maybe he's just able to roll with those punches a little bit more. I don't know. Um, a little bit more,
1: um, about, um, I'm not sure if you wanted to talk, talk about the season six stuff before we talk about the non-related feedback. Um, or would you like well, non-related
0: feedback first? Yeah. Feedback and then we'll leave on the outro stuff. Okay.
1: Um, so, couple of other bits of feedback i think these were tumblr oxydocs said am i the only one worried about the other supernaturals escaping icon when parish broke through the mountain ash i didn't really think about it but you know i don't know how many are in there that are totally bad if you know what i mean like or if it's just like if you think about who was in charge uh, you know are they putting people in there who are like you know meredith who are technically not that harmful or, or whatever like i don't know like Is everyone in there actually dangerous or are they just, you know, innocent supernaturals being controlled by douchebags? So that's my question. (laughs) Yeah. There are probably some pretty nasty ones, given that they put Peter in there for a while. You know, there's probably some ones that you don't want running about, but Mm -hmm. that's the situation with every prison break, I think. Like, you know, people get out and they, um, you know, someone gets out and then all of these other nasty people get out too. And the other one was anonymous and it was actually talking about the merchandise that we were talking about recently saying, Hey guys, I'm a little behind on the podcast. So I don't know if anyone's mentioned this yet, but re Teen Wolf not having merchandise. I remember hearing or reading a while back that they couldn't do much with merchandise because the original eighties Teen Wolf movie still held the merchandising trademark on the name Teen Wolf. To me, the easy fix would be to mark and everything as Beacon Hills instead, but I get that there's not much MTV or Jeff Davis can do. Um, That makes somewhat, sense like that makes a bit of sense but since we had that conversation Funko also put out a poll being like which tv show should we do next and one of the options was Teen Wolf and I think (sighs) it won yeah I don't think that that's necessarily true like that's necessarily like oh they're definitely going to do Teen Wolf but it means they're looking into it so they clearly they might be on top of this trademark thing like now like we'll see or maybe Funko has their own rules for that kind of thing but They've got that did happen right stuff. after we talked about it. They've got yeah. they've got the rights to more individual like you know pieces like movies and whatever books people than I ever would have thought possible. For some like I don't know like does the head of th- Funko have like dirt on everyone in Hollywood or something because <laughs> they make Funkos out of freaking everyone and I don't know how they manage it like but um but yeah they've they've done that. So we'll see I suppose um, could could be in the future but your explanation does make sense as well yeah so Karen do you want to uh, talk just a little bit about what we have moving forward
0: yeah wrapping up um, you know season 6 has already begun filming and there's no premiere date but it usually premieres in June and I think that we're kind of on schedule for something similar so I wouldn't be super surprised if if that ended up being the case. So it's March now. It's not super far away. We'll see what happens, I guess. And there will be, you know, just as a reminder, 20 episodes broken in half, 10 each. And beyond, Same this one. Yeah, yeah. And beyond that, we obviously don't know anything yet um, mm. coming up. I uh, write, hopefully, it should be out when you guys are listening to this, so maybe you've already seen it, maybe not. But I just got um, a one on one interview with Jeff Davis for about 15 minutes, asked him a ton of questions, and he gave us some really great things about Season 6 and what we can expect a little bit about the finale and what some of the things mean, but a lot of information moving forward into Season 6, which I'm really excited to release directly after the finale airs. And um, I think what we're going to end up doing, whenever we go on hiatus, we try to record about every other week, whether they're, you know, news recaps or um, we just talk about some Uh, random things but I think we're going to end up doing an episode around what Jeff said because there are a lot of really good bits of information cool is there any one thing you can say now in relation to the
1: finale after seeing as we've seen it
0: Uh, sure let me pull up my notes because I'm still transcribing but I know there was a lot of like really fun things that it's like oh I'm definitely into this Um, let's see. Okay. Do you want. What kind of information do you want? Do you want something about season six specifically? Or. Or something else? I don't know. I don't know, like, what's a bigger deal. Okay, well. Give me, a, give me a code word for each of them, like, about who
1: it's about or what it's about. Like, give me a code word to go off
0: for um, each, and then I'll pick. Okay. Um, okay. France or hell? France. Okay. So I asked Jeff um, about... Crystal coming back as Marie-Jean and how, you know, great it was and everything and what it meant to the writers and the producers seeing her back. And he says, um, let's see, where did he say that? Um, Joe, our executive producer who directed the episode is now obsessed with getting a spinoff about Crystal as Marie-Jean, which I would absolutely support him in. And then I said, you know, the whole internet is going to blow up wanting a Marie-Jean spinoff. And he says, yes, and they should. She was fantastic. Oh my God. Yes. And and Henri, our beautiful Henri, Henri. it would be awesome. And, uh, and maybe yeah. Sebastian back Because I know he's evil But he was really pretty <laughs>
1: Okay, alright <laughs>
0: um, Awesome
1: Okay, that's exciting If uh, there's a theory I mean, I know they've wanted spin-offs before But yeah,
0: yeah that would be great I would be into that I always like my historical drama So mm-hmm. yeah, that would be cool And we know Crystal is really into the idea of playing that kind of role So maybe it'll happen We'll see
1: Cross your fingers. Yep. All right. Well, that's everything, I suppose, for Teen Wolf Season 5. We're yep. done. We are done. Wow.
0: Mm-hmm. All
1: right. suppose we'll see you guys on the flip side or something like that. Yeah. Cool. Well, thank you for sticking with us for this season. And, yeah, we'll talk to you guys soon about everything that has been going on. As usual, let us know – If there's any weird topics that you'd like us to tackle in the hiatus, whether it's talking about, um, you know, side projects of the cast or whether it's um, going into, you know, a particular theory or something like that. Or you know if we've done an episode before that you think needs an update, like you know if we've done something about you know a, you know a ship or a, you know something something that we could actually revisit with a bunch of new information, let us know and uh, we will um, try and and make a schedule for having our off season episodes. Uh, yeah, until however whenever the show comes out, I guess. Yeah. All right, so bye, Karen. I won't see you for many weeks. Well, that's probably I mean, a unless we're on rewatchable together. Yeah, I will. Yeah, I, I will talk to you <laughs> still most days. So yeah. don't worry, <laughs> don't worry. But I won't. Yeah. So I'll, I'll, I'll talk to you all. You know, we'll, we'll talk to you all later, and and then yeah, just let us know what you thought. So yeah. enjoy. Hope you enjoyed the finale. Hope you enjoyed this episode. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.
0: I won't let you let me go the Scars of a man again never show
1: We're never gonna be alone,
0: alone again We're never gonna let them know We're enemies, love is not friends And we fight to the end So wait, did you did did it work for you? Now? No, shh. I'm going to log in and do it
1: in the future after they've seen the episode. <laughs> You're ruining it. Sorry. <laughs> I can just log out and log in, but no, I, I'm talking about a, a post I'm I am
0: planning to make in the okay. future with a photo I've already taken. Sorry. Uh.